Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Back for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast and boxhead joining us from uh, windy, wet, and cold Wollongong this week, mate. Yeah, down here for the um, CHS uh, rugby league trials, state rugby league trials. So yeah, we've you should have seen the ground yesterday. We played at Collegians at uh, Wollongong yesterday, and the ground was it was summons proven. It was uh, wet and muddy and. Uh, it was actually good to see kids running around and playing here, actually, because far too often we just cancel games. But I mean, these games, these games have to have to get played on these dates. Like these dates are fit. So uh, they've actually moved from Collegians today down to Bomadary Sports Complex. So we'll play there this afternoon. And um, yeah, it's been wet and windy, but I mean, it's like that everywhere at the moment. And nature of the beast, isn't it? That we're just gonna try and get on with it and get as much footy played as we can at the moment, despite the conditions. But uh, yeah, a few days a few days in a hotel room away from the uh, wife and, and family, which which sucks. But uh, yeah, I'll be home um, tomorrow afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, which will be good. Well, I think for some of our listeners, if you told them that was the situation, they might be happy for a couple of days. But <laughs> only joking, obviously. Yeah, yeah I only. think for one, night, for one night to get a sleep in, it was good. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, after that, when you're in a hotel room by yourself, uh, just been doing lots of video, and obviously there's lots happening at the moment, so trying to get ahead of the wave. Yeah, and that was probably the other thing I was going to address quickly. We spoke last week about the situation at the Bulldogs, which wasn't fully resolved um, at our time of recording, but a congratulations is in order for yourself. You are now the New South Wales Cup coach at Mounties. Yeah, yeah, it was obviously... A, a very strange week last week with when Trent Barrett got um, moved on sort of it did cross my mind because I, I, I know how Phil Good likes to operate and despite the fact that no one else really gave Nick a chance I, I thought he was he was a pretty good chance probably for two main reasons number one is he's former Bulldog great won a comp there and number two he's very very experienced and He's got a perfect temperament and exactly what the the Bulldogs need, uh, and I think he'll do a really good, really, uh, really, really good job as the interim coach. So, uh, and then my mind sort of started to think over about uh, the possibility of moving into the New South Wales Cup role, which is obviously I, I jumped at the chance when um, it was presented to me. I'm, yeah, I feel very fortunate to be in a position, and you know the club didn't 
didn't look externally at all. They they had full faith in me, and I've been working really really closely with Mick, so that was that was a nice thing. And then it, you know, you then start to think about work and family and all the other things that go with it. So uh, there's been yeah a lot of moving parts, and I've had to uh, put in put in some leave for for Mondays at school, so just so I can do the best job possible at the moment in in this I guess in this interim role. So. Yeah, it's been a, an, an excellent week. You know, you, you coach for 15 years and you, you sort of think that at some point in time you're going to get into this position. And um, now I'm here, I, I feel fully prepared for it. I, you know, I, I ran ran every session last week and, and coached the team on the weekend and it felt that felt right. I felt like the players um, responded well and I yeah, I certainly didn't feel out of my depth, which is which is good because it, it, it is a big step and it is something that, can be a little bit overawing when you um, think about it, and you know, you're sort of going into a dressing room, which is essentially another coach's dressing room in, in this at this sort of time of the season. So there's things that get done certain ways, and you know, players get used to uh, you know routines and different things that coaches like. But so I, I, yeah, I got to I got to wrap the players. They were they were unreal last week, and they've responded well. We we didn't get the result on. Um, on Saturday, but we played like a, a fair opposition. They've been going really well in Cup, and we're in that game probably until the 60th minute, 55th, 60th minute. Uh, we were up 12-10, and we just weren't good enough to get the result done at the end of at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to the next 12 weeks or whatever whatever it is that's remaining, and I'll just. Um, do the best job I can and just see what happens for, for next year but um, yeah very very fortunate it, I've got also got a lot of um, nice messages from listeners and friends and family and uh, yeah it's been been a really strange week so I just got off the phone to Mick before we started recording and he was sort of asking me how I was going and I, I sort of had to ask him how he was going as well because neither of us you know saw, even at this time last week thought that we were going to be Thought that I was going to be taken over from him, or that he was going to be taken over from from Trent. So, uh, but you know, it's a, it's a good opportunity for us both, and um, we'll just do the best we possibly can and, and work really hard until the end of the year. Well, it's easy for me to say, but uh, from my experience around the club last year, and oh, sorry, last few weeks, or sorry, what am I about? Last week, sorry, and then obviously last year I wasn't involved. I decided again. Not to do much around COVID, but being there, um, to me, you're obviously very well received by the club and the players and well respected. And this year being around it and actually being involved again, Mick as well. I think you, I got you to explain last week more about Mick with my small experiences. I don't think there's a better person for the situation that they're in. Um, he's certainly, like all the things you said last week, but he's, he's very easy going. He's a genuinely nice bloke. I think he'll ease the pressure on the players, he'll be great for those guys and all the scrutiny and the situation that they've been under. I think he's the perfect person to kind of come in and bring that cool temperament. And uh, even I think the other part, like I'm touching on, is just the Mounties response. I think it's a huge wrap on yourself that they didn't look externally. Um, I think the playing group and the way they responded on the weekend in both grades showed that they're happy. I think everyone's happy for you and happy for Mick, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I think... You can kind of see when someone's appointed what the vibe is or where things are heading, and I think everyone's on board. So, 
I didn't really get to talk to you much last week because we've also had a fair bit going on from a family side of thing, but we won't get into that. But uh, I couldn't be any more proud of you. I think it's it's very well deserved. Coaching's a weird thing. We know that rugby league's a weird thing as a player, as a coach and as an administrator at any point. You never know. Things can change on a dime, can flip on a dime, but you've worked your ass off um, from the time when I had my first injury and was still young and playing and you were retired, watching you take your first team, to then watching you, you know, when I went down to Canberra and you were moving into the Penrith setup and obviously, you know, small bit of time at the Roosters, West, here, there and everywhere. Um, what you've done at school level, what you've done everywhere to the situation you've put yourself into now. Um, yeah, I'm... Absolutely wrap for you. I think it's going to be a great experience regardless of how things pan out at the end of next year, which nobody knows what's going to happen, whether that be you know Mick getting another opportunity to stay on, what direction the Bulldogs go, whether he comes back to Mounties, etc. You don't know, but um, to get to the point where you've got to right now, I'm really not surprised. It's, it's a credit to yourself. And like I said, from the vibe I got last week, I think everyone's really happy for you. So uh, I'm stoked for you. Yeah, yeah it's been... It's been cool, um, and I'm, I'm really yeah looking forward to just tearing in each week. Like where, as most people know, if you, you look at our team list, we're not getting a lot of Canterbury players back, so uh, we're certainly uh, up against it in that regard. When you're playing against teams that have got you know a lot of NRL players in them, but the um, yeah the players are tearing in, and we're not far away from um, getting some results. So um, yeah, we just get working hard. That sort of thing I touched on last week, and even you with Mick, like he's kept his cool this whole time with the way the things have worked out with the Bulldogs and the feeder situation. Obviously, it wasn't what was really planned on, but um, he's never strayed away. He's always kept his head, and, and even in the situation he faces now, where there's plenty of bullets firing at that club, he's the perfect man for that job. I think you're the perfect man for the job that you're in now. And uh, like I said to you last week, here to help and support you in any single way, even though I'm an absolute space cadet. But if you ever need anything, you obviously know I'm here as well. Yeah, yeah and, that's uh, good. To I our listeners. Messages that everyone sent because I've, I haven't really got around to all of them because it was, you know, we played Saturday and then I just travelled down to Wollongong on Sunday and then we, we've had um, photos and, uh, you know, gear and trying to manage 15 year old kids on Sunday. And, then we played yesterday, played today, and we played tomorrow. I was going to get up, get back up to Sydney tonight for training and then travel back. So I think sort of maybe Wednesday night I'll be able to exhale, hopefully. But, um, yeah, I, I do appreciate everyone that's just taking the time to, to send a message through. It's uh, much appreciated. 100%. Well, let's jump in, do the potty. Um, a little bit different this week, again, given timing and situation. So we'll make do with what we've got. Uh, in terms of team lists and tips later on, we've got no idea, so that's going to be a bit of a shot in the dark. But we'll kick off now, thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anybody, make sure you do it with Bluebet, supporting our charity account. Uh, unfortunately, I was confident in the Cowboys in the weekend. They shortened into almost even favourites, so I thought 1-12, to 12, Storm will put up a fight, and they got blown out 13+. plus. So didn't get the cash in that regard for the charity account. Cowboys did end up winning, but yeah, Melbourne let me down a little bit in that regard. I thought uh, it'd be a closer contest, but Cowboys certainly announcing themselves, so we're still on $322.50. But if you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with bluebet.com.au. Download the app today or visit the website. Tackle one in our set of six, what I've got here. Uh, a bit of a Bit of a rough weekend for two clubs that are sort of now on the precipice heading into origin 
in terms of where they're heading for the rest of this season and their finals hopes is South Sydney and the Manly Seagulls. Manly, obviously a tough loss. Des Hasler certainly expressed his unhappiness with some decisions, the penalty count and um, some things at the back end of the game. But Trebojevic, as we talk about every year, um, his health, their salary cap being a little bit out of shape and a reliance on their key players with a lack of depth is now being ruled out for the rest of the season. So that is a huge blow for their aspirations. Cherry Evans, who's been in sterling form, will go into origin the next few weeks, which will be a further interruption. I'd assume Freddie will pick Jake, regardless of uh, you know the back and forth from a lot of people and their thoughts on his form. So I think things are only get harder for Manly. The, the emergence of Brisbane, the Cowboys, and sort of that group of five or six that we already knew about above, I think they're definitely still in the hunt, but with Canberra starting to find the whip and a few other teams around them, um, I don't think it's as clear-cut anymore that Manly are guaranteed to be playing finals football this year. Yeah, it's, uh, it certainly looks that way, but look, I, don't, I don't think he's been, like when we're talking about Tom Trevojevich, he hasn't, he hasn't been fit all year. So he certainly hasn't been anywhere near the form that he, he showed last year when he won the Dahlia medal and he was just simply dominant. And they, they I think that they've got an over-reliance on Tom, but they certainly rely heavily on him and the way that their cap's set up means that, you know, if he's out, then their depth is certainly tested and they've got injuries in other areas as well. So, yeah, they're, they're right up against it at the moment, Manly. And South Sydney, while they don't have the injury problems, they're certainly having... I think they're, they're just having problems getting out 80 minutes. That, that's really what it looks like. And defensively, they just haven't been up to, to first-grade standard. That's... That's probably as bluntly as you can put it. Uh, their attack, I think their attack is quite capable of getting them into the finals, but their defence at the moment isn't. They're leaking a lot of points. They're leaking 20-plus points nearly every week, and it just puts you in a position where, irrespective of how you attack, you're, you're going to have your back against the wall because you're, you know, you're just placing scoreboard pressure on yourself. So... You can talk about Adam Reynolds' stuff as, as much as you want, but they've got to get their defence right, and that's going to allow them to take some pressure off their attack and definitely win more footy games or at least be more competitive in some of these games that they're losing. So, uh, I think the South situation is a is a much easier fix than the Manly situation. The, the Manly situation is personnel and injuries, and like you said, you're going to have guys out for origin, so that's going to create... Yeah, it's going to create a lot of pressure at the back end of the year when you know they may have to win, you know, a significant amount of games in a row, which is going to be going to be difficult at the back end. It's not to say that they can't do it, manly. They've certainly got. Yeah, they'll move Ruben Garrick to one, I'd imagine, and uh, you're going to rely, be relying heavily on what Cherry Evans can do. So, yeah, we'll see how they go, but it, it's not. It, it doesn't look great, and they've certainly put themselves in a situation which is going to be difficult at the back end. Yeah, well, you'd think it'd either be him or Tolotau Kula, who's come through the grades. I think Saab's due back in a, a week or two. So depending when he gets back, that puts someone else in. I think Brad Parker, he had a knee injury. He's a little bit off, but I think they've unearthed some good players in Kula. And I think Tui Palotu's been outstanding since coming in uh, for them. So they're definitely going to have to find some cover. On the south side of things, I don't think it's all been that clear-cut. Like Latrell missed multiple games, played a handful. Now he's been missing long-term. I think he would certainly make a difference to their attack if he was back, not defensively, but he hasn't really been able to sell on a back row combination as well. Like Kalal Matungi's been consistent, but he had Cheekham, then he's out. 
host was injured, come back in, pop your shoulder. He's been gone. Nichols hasn't played any football after getting injured early. Um, but I think overall, just the general attitude defensively for South is of great concern because we see those flashes of the attack, no doubt about it. But uh, defensively, that's that's just, you know, that's a team thing. That's something they have to address. That's something they have to turn around. Um, and probably the biggest disappointment for me is looking at someone like Cody Walker, who really needs to be a leader right now, along with Damian Cook. And I think he's really carrying his divots, his attitude, his body language in particular. Uh, I don't think it's been the greatest for a group that obviously they're banking on long-term. They weren't banking on the next year or two. We've talked about it before. Elias, Taff, Mamazoulos, Terrell Callow, Callow, Carapani, all these guys that they're banking on as their next generation. And they made the decision, obviously, to extend Cody out for the extra year and sacrifice to keep those kids for a longer-term window. And I think right now they need more out of him and they need more out of Damian Cook with Latrell missing. Okay. Um, Murray is was obviously busted himself before and then had that shoulder surgery off the back of shoulder. Another injury, they're saying that he could be available this week to push for origin. Um, if I'm South Sydney, that sort of concerns me. My priority is not to have him ready for origin. It's to have him playing the rest of the season because already missing Latrell long-term, they can't afford to lose Murray long-term either. Um, and in all honesty, again, I always err on the side of caution, in particular with the rep football. If I'm Brad Fittler and I'm New South Wales, I think for game one, I wouldn't be considering Cameron Murray. Yeah. Difficult, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, he's when, got, some, got some headaches. When someone's rushing in off the back of surgery, trying to squeeze a game in after they've said four weeks and you're trying to play within two weeks, I'm, yeah, that, that's it's just not a situation I want to, I want to play with. Yeah, I, I agree. If, if there's someone fitter and going well enough, then you, you go with them. And I know he did an outstanding job last year. Like, to me, he's a guy that can play anywhere. I even said before that his utility value goes as far that if you got desperate enough for a nine, he could play there, but centre back row, middle, but we're, we're pretty rich in the back row stocks. I think we've got some really good young options there. Um, I just think for game one, it's not worth the risk, even if he does play on the weekend. But if he's 70, 80%, 90%, whatever it is for New South Wales and for South long term, I don't think it's worth risking him for game one. Um, that's yeah, agree. Agree. just my opinion. But moving on from that one and those two teams, we'll see how it plays out for the rest of the year. But uh, in terms of origin, like you said, that's going to put a little bit more of a pinch on Manly. From the south side of things, Murray's there. I think McCollum Matungi would be in the frame. I don't know if he's going to be considered. Some mentioned Campbell Graham, but again, I, I can't see it of the other centre options. And I think Cody Walker's form significantly down this year for him to even get a look. Um, would take a lot of injuries. And even Jaira, like, I think he's had some good weeks. He's tried hard, but um, with the emergence of some of the young forwards from Queensland, I don't know, don't know where Billy Slater's head's at, but I don't think Jaira's jersey is guaranteed this year either. I think he's actually... He's played better the last month than what he did, I think, at the start of the year. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, I just think if they go... Other guys in form, though, isn't it? Yeah, if they, say, go with a, you know, a front row of Papali, Mawiaki and Tino at 13 and then a bench, you, you've got options now with the emergence of guys like Cotter, Flegler, Carrigan. Like, I think they've got some options there if they don't want to go with him because he, realistically he's purely a middle. Um, I know Seattle's used him a bit on the edge, but I think they've got better guys option-wise, that could play between middle and edge. So I certainly don't think his Queensland jersey is guaranteed. Yeah, I agree. Uh, tackle two, just a quick one, but I always love this. I love debutantes um, when they're guys that have persisted, and we had four on the weekend. Michael Molo, the brother of Francis Molo, who's chipped away 
played some Queensland Cup, won a premiership there last year, got a debut for the Dragons on the weekend, age 25, played well, scored a nice try. Uh, Lachlan Miller, who played some junior rugby league, went over and played sevens, played some union, comes back, has an absolute blinder on debut for the Sharks, age 27. Zach Docker-Clay, anyone in rugby league circles knows he's been around forever. He's played halves, he's played hooker, Parramatta, Wests, now at the Bulldogs, Manly, Blacktown set up. Like He's moved around, he finally got a game on the weekend and uh, a little bit younger, but somebody, again, who's had to persist for a few years and fight. The third May brother, Terrell, whose form for Norths has been absolutely outstanding. Uh, Roosters clearly got wind of interest from other clubs, including Melbourne, who interviewed him last week and are looking to bring him down there. The talk is now he's getting a three-year deal at the Roosters, but at age 23, after persisting a few years, being pushed out of the Penrith system, um, got a debut on the weekend. and Certainly, I thought, did well in the, in the short amount of time he had on the field. So I always like to see these guys that persist get an opportunity, and um, it, it's a good story for those out there. Again, kids, whether you're 18, 19, 2021, 20, and you miss out on, say, flag or cup opportunities, you know, there's always more time to develop your game and find an opportunity. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Terrell, in particular, has something the Roosters need at the moment, which is leg speed, along with the return of Egan Butcher from injury. I, I look forward to seeing them the next few weeks probably get more time off the bench and introduce something they're certainly lacking, I think, at the moment, which is definitely that leg speed. Yeah, I agree. Um, tackle three to get off that one. I think the Cowboys situation, I know, again, not going to take anything away. Great win um, and certainly solidified. I think the thoughts that we've had the last few weeks after scalping Parramatta and now getting Melbourne, I know a lot of people are making a lot of the spine players that are missing, which is great, but I think the one thing that glared for me on the weekend is the middles. With Nelson out and Welch, who I know got hurt early, but is a real undersung hero for that side. Um, I think they got damaged up the guts of the field. They really struggled to hold the Cowboys. They gave away a lot of six-agains. They couldn't stop the roll on, but um, the Cowboys did exactly what I expected when I tipped them. If you get a team missing a couple of players like that and you're a quality side, you get the job done. And if anything, they exceeded uh, what I thought they'd do. I thought it would be close, but they were just relentless. Uh, they punished Melbourne. They put a score on. Obviously hurt in the sense that they lost Tamalolo potentially for a couple of weeks now and felt for potentially four to six, but eight and three. They're playing really good football. And we talked about the other day, the losses they've had so far, if anything, are quite wild, like they lost to the Warriors in a field goal game, which is one you look at now and think you should have won. The round one game against the Bulldogs, their attack to where it is now, to where it was round one, is complete polar opposites, like it's crazy to think they lost to the Bulldogs, and that Roosters game, I'm, I'm still um, you know, not really sold on the Roosters form in that one, which I said at the time, because there was three separate 10 minutes in bins, two of which I thought were 50-50, um, but they've certainly showed now that they're a quality football side, and Playing Penrith this week, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed they've en- ended up losing Tamalolo and felt that would have been an absolute ripper, full strength, uh, going head-to-head before Origin. Yeah, it would have been. I still think it's going to be a good game. I still think it's going to be great, but again, it would have been much better if uh, they were in there 1-7-8. Yeah, I get that, but it's, you know, injury's part of the game, so no, I, I still think it'll be excellent. The Cowboys will go in there full of confidence and they'll, they'll have a throw at the Storms, that's for sure. Mm. But, uh, yeah, certainly put themselves in a position now where we have to consider them uh, a real team in this competition. So hopefully they can navigate this period through origin. Um, you know, I think Holmes is certainly a walk-up, and then there's a few other guys on the radar, whether they get picked or not. I'm sure Todd Payton would be happy for them, but he also wouldn't be disappointed if they left alone Ruben Cotter, 
Torlangi. Um, if they had some injuries with the forwards there, I think there's a few younger guys there that would be looked at, not first up, but if there was issues. Um, Gilbert's certainly been playing good enough. You've got Nanai, who I think, again, still a little bit raw, and there's some stuff off the ball that I wouldn't be considering for that sort of arena, but they've definitely got some future rap players in that football team. Uh, tackle four, uh, more a quicker one again, but we spoke about it last week and looking where they're at and what they've said this week. Uh, for the Bulldog situation, now knowing what they're talking about cap-wise, some of the guys have tried to move on, I think we're going to see, hopefully, by the end of this year, just a plan to prepare and, and build moving forward, and they need to make some decisions. So any of these guys that are sort of off contract and you know you're moving on, I, I know you don't have the troops in your squad to get everybody out, but Matt Dufty's pretty much a certain to be gone. I still think Avrilo's the number one, so I'd like to see him play some football. You've got Fatala Mariner back from a long-term injury. You want to know what you've got moving forward and if he's going to be you know, around. So they've got to get him on the field, in my opinion. These couple other guys that are on one-year deals who are younger, like Reese Hoffman, Jackson Depine, um, you know, you, you've got to make a decision on them. Matt Dury off the ACL, what you're going to be doing. And, you know the better kids you've got in your system. Paul Alamotti compared to Ockenbohr and a couple of these other guys, you've got to get him in there, get him some games under his belt, get your Patolo games under his belt. Um, and I think the other situation there, which is an interesting one, is Marshall King's got a player option. So he gets to choose whether he wants to stay. I think with Marnie coming, that's you know going to be a no-brainer that he moves on. They've got Josh Cook there, who I thought was good coming out of the South system. I think they need to have a look at what they've got there. And Corey Allen, we've talked about this before, someone they've tried to sell in the offseason. It's pretty hard to sell someone on half a million dollars if he's not playing football. He has missed some games due to injury. He played again on the weekend, but similar deal if he's healthy and he's playing some okay football. If you want to get him in the shop window, he's somebody I'd be trying to get some games as well before the end of the year if you're going to try and push him out yeah. to get this bit of a reset. They've, they've talked about, you know, 2024 potentially having five six million dollars free i'll be very interested to see how they spend it and how they reshape but um if they're pretty much flushing this year for now it's time to get those kids in and get a look at anyone who's off contract you've got some interest in yeah i agree it's uh yeah and we'll we'll talk about it when we get to penrith but i had an idea i floated to you before about a player in particular but we'll move on from that for now tackle five and tackle six will be our New South Wales and Queensland teams. This is the last week before those squads get announced. It's crazy how quick this has come about. Um, And this is just our opinions, obviously. I think, in particular, the New South Wales side, I don't think I'm going to even be close. I think Freddie's going to stick with a few guys. But for New South Wales, uh, is there anyone in particular, Brock, that you can see coming in, or is there anyone you like? when Freddie's going to pick the team when he knows who's actually available. Um, so if you want to run run through your team, I'll happily throw in my uh, two cents worth. Well, similar deal. We've got a week to go. There could be some changes. Um, I'm not. I'd be happy to. When, when is Freddie going to name his team on Sunday night? Uh, I think he sort of had a shot at Billy Slater the other week that all their games are done by Friday, so they're going to know what they've got for Monday. I think they're going to announce it. But I don't who's know. Going who's going to announce it Monday? The Queensland always do Monday for some reason. Yeah, okay. So I don't know if New South Wales is Sunday afternoon or Monday, um, but obviously once they get to the I round. Think usually Freddie announces it on the Channel 9 News on Sunday. Sunday. 
Yeah, and Queensland, for some reason, always like to do lunchtime when, uh, Monday. Well, they like to do the whole... Yeah. 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 Uh, right. But just my opinion, again, I, I, I think... We'll just go be... through position for position, or I'll tell you whether I agree or whether I'd, I'd have someone else or throw someone else's name up. Well, fullback's pretty straightforward. He's the captain. Um, he's coming in some better form the last few weeks, but it's James Tedesco. Yeah, easy. Um, the wings, I don't think, will change. I know Addo Carr's having a harder year where he is, but I don't see anyone pushing him out of that situation right now, and he's been part of those teams, so I think him and Brian Toto will be on the wings. Yeah, agree. Centres, I think Crichton now is a walk-up start, um, given the circumstances. The other spot, I'm not convinced. It's it's all talk that it's going to be stags, but for me, I'd be playing on the Penrith combinations, and I know his form hasn't been the greatest, but I'd have Crichton and Burton. Yeah, I, I'd go Stags, but I can. Um, yeah, you can see the thinking. I could definitely, I could. I would happily play Burton there as well. Yeah, because you can see my thinking of centre half combinations both sides. Yeah, of the field. I, so, I'd be, I'd be comfortable and happy with either. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Stags, but that's just my opinion. Um, the halves, it's a no-brainer. We know who they are. It's the pen of halves, Lewis yeah. and Cleary. Um, the forwards, and this isn't a matter of starting or bench. This is just how I've got them for now, but. I have Haas and Regal, Cam and Gillard as the starters. Yeah. And that's... Yeah, I, I definitely have Haas. Uh, I, might, I might start Paulo and have yeah. Regan, Cam and Gillard on the bench, or I think you could play that either way. I'd, have, yeah. I'd just have those two, and you'd have one starting one on the bench. Exactly, and that's my thought. Haas, to me, is not an impact front rower. He's more a minutes guy, and I think Campbell Gillard's got enough of an impact, but I think Paulo can do an even better job off the bench for you in that regard. Um, still with good minutes. The nine, it's not going to happen. I don't see it happening, but I think it's an absolute no-brainer how you don't bring Arpy in as the nine over Cook. But I know Cook's been part of those winning series, the first two in particular. He was very important, and Arpy obviously had his issue in camp last year. But I think form-wise, and again, transplanting players into this team, as much Penrith influence you could have as possible. If you could have the Penrith halves hooker and lock with the way they're playing right now. I, I just think it's a no-brainer. So I would pick Arpy. Yeah, we're picking a team on form. I agree with you, but it's not going to happen. Team on loyalty, and they'll go with Cook. Yeah. I, I can live with Cook. I'm okay with it. But yeah, I think you should be trying to pick just as many Penrith players as you can. I think. Yeah, and um, I just look at that again. Their combination, and um, I think it just brings another element again. If you could have those four guys there all together. And fill the space around it. Yeah, it makes it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, um, maybe after game one, depending on what the result is, we'll see what happens. But the back row, this is probably the most open spot, and I think you can make arguments all sorts of ways. Some people may disagree vehemently, some may not. But um, my personal opinion, and this, I'm taking Murray out of the equation. To I'm putting it in my head that Murray's not available. So for me, he's been removed from the situation. I think on one edge, you'd start Martin. Again, to have those Penrith players. I know he was off the bench last year, but I have Martin in starting on one edge. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the other side of the field, again, I know that there's been talk about Frizzell sticking with Tarek, and again, I've like I've just said to you, I've pretty much ruled Murray out, but I'd be going with one of the young Dynamos, whether that be Ola Kawatu or Kalama Tungi. Um, and given... The fact that Kalama Tungi played left, moved to the right, and Martin plays right, I would probably play Kalama Tungi on the left. Yeah, I'd play Crichton. Angus? Mm. Yeah, well, I've still got Angus, but I've got him on the bench because I think he... I I, I don't like him off the bench. I like him starting, big body. Yeah, 
I think he, he's done some really good things for New South Wales. Yeah. In Origin over the last few years, and I'd be I'd be showing some faith. I, I've still got him, but I've got a different role because there's obviously a player that you know will be picked who I wouldn't pick. That's Jake Trebojevic. Um Some have talked about him as a front row or as a bench interchange player. Um, for me, Yo's the lock. That's a no-brainer, so we can move yep. on from that one. But the bench, again, saying that Murray's out, not healthy. If he is, I'd pick him in a heartbeat. But my bench on the back of that, um, we've had this talk before. I've still got Whiten. I know the utility thing's not a big thing, but I genuinely feel that out of him and Hines, people are talking about Hines. He's harder than Hines. He's a better defender than Hines. He can play half. He can play center wing, fullback. You could throw him in the back row. You could put him in the middle. So if you're going to genuinely pick somebody as that role, it's Whiten for me. It's who, sorry? It's Jack Whiten. It's not an argument. I'd go Hines. I think Hines, for me, is more of a half fullback. I don't think you could defend him in the middle. Um, job at centre wing, you know, he'd do a job, but I just think Whiten's better better rounded. Yeah, I, I get it. I just think Hines is in good form. Yeah. I, I'd be going with Nico Hines. Yeah. Paulo, like I said, whether you have him or yeah, Regan Campbell. Yeah, Gillard. Yeah. I'd have um, Kaloa Matangi would be on my bench. Well, I've got Crichton because you've got that guy that we talked about before, like a Talakai who you can play as a middle, play him as an edge, play him at centre if you need to. I think he's just really good in being able to do multiple jobs and you've got that mobility. And the 17th, 17th spot was sort of up in the air for me because, again, this is me saying that Murray's injured not playing. Um, I, I, I wouldn't have Jake, and I've said it before, and I don't think Safidi... Form-wise, deserves that spot. Yeah, I agree with that. There's a, there's a guy that's been playing some really good football who we wanted to transition to the middle, who I had in the frame a few years ago, and the last year or so he's had some head knocks and some issues, but his form's been irresistible. I'd honestly look at Ryan Madison. Yeah, you could do worse. He's offloading, he's damaging, he's got footwork, mobility. Um, you know, I, I know they're going to pick Jake, or I think he might even consider... Tarek or Frizzell, who have also played middle and rep football before, but um, in terms of them starting or you know being in that role, um, yeah, I, I could argue for plenty of different people, but I think, again, I, I definitely have him there over Jake. I know it's going to be a, a walk-up start that he probably plays. I think he'll probably stick with Sims, and I think he'll probably also you know stick with Jake. But, yeah, there's two or three guys what about, there. Um, what about Dale Nukin? Dale Finucane's got a knee injury and a concussion, so he's not available until round 16. He's not available until round 16? No. So Turbo's obviously out. Luttrell's looking at round 14, 15. Murray, I've ruled out, but he might be available. Finucane's out. Um, and then the other guys that were... So new... you took a Manu? And the Tigers? Yeah? No. Nah, nah. wouldn't look at him? No. Nah. Okay. Yeah, there's a few names there. I think you... Um, have a fiddle around with that yeah <clears throat> I'd like to see a few players really put their hand up this weekend but yeah. yeah I'm pretty pretty set on 16 that last person I think it's going to be a middle it's definitely going to be another middle so like, they'd, like, they'd likely pick Trebojevic I mean that's the easy yeah or, or, or Safidi's uh, form would be good enough that they wouldn't have to worry about it but mm. that's why I went with Angus on the bench because I think Angus gives you that versatility like we've talked about having that back row player that can play multiple spots. I know they played Martin off there last year sort of as a middle more than a back row, but I don't think he's got the ability to cover centre. I think Crichton's still that guy that's big enough to play middle, good enough feet, and still mobile enough to play centre if you got to that situation. Yeah, 
So I know that might seem left of field, but yeah, I just looked at it and thought, for me, Jake, in this day and age, what we get out of Yo, we don't need that from Jake. I said it last year. He should not pass the ball on Origin. We don't need him. The connection with his brother's not there. His brother's not the team. Um, and if you're talking about leg speed and impact as far as a carry is concerned, if you're looking purely for a middle, he does not have the leg speed of a Murray if he's available. He doesn't have the leg speed or the footwork of a Frizzell if you transition him to that spot. Even a Sims who's slowing down, I don't think he's got the bump or the play the ball. Um, and I just think Madison, form-wise, I know he was on the radar and it's sort of been a burst this year, but the second phase, the carries um, more recently. There's, there's three or four guys I'd consider for that role and I'd pick all of them before Jake. That's just me. And it could be any of those guys. I just had that there, but I had that I had that spot open. Um, in terms of the back row, I know I brought up Kalamatungi. The start of the year, Olakuatu's form I had sort of in the frame, but um, more so that he plays right, not left. I know they should be bilateral and play both sides of the field. I sort of had him in mind maybe as a bench guy, but yeah, he hasn't really played middle. So I'd just rather want leg speed from, say, a Frizzell or a Madison um, than picking Jake, to be honest. And like I said, hopefully someone like Safiti has an absolute blinder this weekend and, and forces himself to be part of that double rotation. But, yeah, I'm not so sure at this point in time. Yeah. But we've talked about it. Um, I think Staggs ends up being picked by Freddie instead of Burton. Cook will be retained. I think he'll look at Frizzell, Tarek, and Murray if he's available. And Jake will definitely be in the team. So I'm probably about six players different to what Freddie's going to pick. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. That's just my opinion. That's all. Um, Queensland, in terms of outs, uh, probably not as much as us, but the, probably the really underrated ones, Christian Welch. Welch has had a real big impact on the last few series for Queensland, um, in particular kick pressure, inside pressure on halves. There's just little things that go unnoticed. I think for feeder, under Billy Slater as the coach, um, I don't think he would have really been on his radar, to be honest. I don't think his form would have got him picked, and I think they might head in a little bit of a different direction. Um, and the other names unavailable. I don't think Sewer, given other people's form, would have really been uh, on the radar and felt he would have been an option, but they've got plenty of options there. So uh, for me, Ponga would be the one. I think just the way he's played for Queensland, I think Billy seems to have an affinity for him, but I think Walsh would certainly be on their radar as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'll be very, very interested to see what Billy Slater does. Particularly after they won that game three last year, that and then you look at all the you look at the form of the Queensland sides as well. That you know they're, they're all going quite well, particularly the Cowboys and the um, the Broncos. Yeah, mm. uh, it's gonna be interesting. With that being said, left side combination. I've gone all Cowboys. I mentioned his name last year, but I think this year. It'd be a no-brainer. I'd pick Torlagi as the left winger, along with Holmes as the left centre. Yep. Um, the other side of the field, I still think they're a bit short in the centres, but Gagai does that job on the right, and I would give a, de- a debut to Selwyn Cobbo. I know they've got options. Um, they've yeah, got I agree. A- I agree. You have to. He's, yeah. almost, he's just kicking the door down. People have talked about Coates from Melbourne. I don't think he does as good a yardage work, um, and he's been a bit quiet. The last few weeks, Coates, uh, sorry, Cobo to me, the first few weeks, very error-prone, not busy, but a bit like a Sawali type. I think he's realised in particular last month that he belongs, and not only that he belongs, but that he can dominate. His yardage work's been impressive. His finishing's been impressive. He's very aggressive out of yardage, so um, out of him and Gagai on the right-hand side. Yep. Halves are a no-brainer. Munster, 
DC. There's no argument there. No. Uh, front row, I've gone Papaliti. Harry Grant is a no-brainer at nine, and I'd also start with Moeaki for Tuaka. Yep. And the back row again, a no-brainer. Mo because he's Mo hasn't been playing great. Mm. Uh, no-brainer for me in the back row, given injury and form. Um, it's Felice and Catewell. Yep. I think if they had injuries or any issues along the way, they've at least got some options this year. Like I said, Nanai I think is a little bit too raw. Um, I think Fomor has been playing some good football, Lukey, but they're, they're sort of guys, again, I, I don't think it's quite the time to do it. But um, 13, I've got Tino. Yeah, I agree. And then the bench, again, different makeup. Uh, ben Hunt's a no-brainer for me because, again, not only does he cover nine and halves, but you can, you can throw him out there in the middle if you want to. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd give Flegler another run with the way he's been playing the last few weeks. Yeah. I think I'd give Carrigan a debut as well. Um, and the last one to me was between two players. And the only issue I had here is no one really covers back row, but I think they could swap someone um, if they needed to to the back row. But I went with Ruben Cotter. Yeah, I, I think it's a no, no-brainer, Ruben Cotter. Because, mm, again, if you pick Arrow, I know... He's absolutely killing it. Yeah, I know you can play him there, but I, I think Flegler, if you really needed him to, could play back row. Or if you needed to move someone, you could move Tino to the back row and push one of those other guys into 13. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it seems like an, an all-middles bench, and it's a young bench with three debutants plus Cobo and Tulagi. But, um, you know, they take 22 into camp this year, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them take Reed Marnie in again. Um, I think I'd take in Nanai, Lukey, um, you know, a few of those guys. Walsh, I'd be taking those guys into camp. Yeah, I agree. Um, people have talked about Collins. I don't see he could pick Collins. I don't think his form has been that great. I don't think he's got leg speed. Um, you know, but yeah. I, I, the one who actually really surprised me, he's played well the last six weeks, but again, he wouldn't be on my radar just because of what he's done the last few years. Offhand Gowie, I think, has been playing some quite good football. Yeah, he has been. I, I wouldn't pick him. But his form early doors at the Tigers has been was pretty ordinary. Yeah. He's but, been going great. Like you said, again, they've got some great options there. Like, if they got injuries, a Tommy Gilbert plays an edge or middle. It's not that I'd pick him, but it's, it was a situation a few years ago where we're sitting here going, they've got no depth. And now you look, and with the form of the players, you know, even Hess is playing better as a middle. Gilbert's been great. Reed's your back up nine. Um, you know, we talked about those middles. You've got Fomore, who's solid. You've got Luke, who can play middle and edge. You've got Nenai, who's developing. Office form's good. Even did and, and his development along with Hunt, like their half stocks are better than what they were. Um, yeah, I think they're in a much healthier situation than what they were the last 12, 18 months, that's for sure. Agreed. So, uh, interested to see those extended squads. And for New South Wales, I didn't touch on that, but I'd assume on the flip, um, you know, a guy like Talakai, Ola Kawatu, that there'd be a few of those guys I'd be bringing in my extended squad. Yep. So, there you go. That's tackle five and six to wrap us up there and uh, let's jump in now and do our power rankings brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre don't be sidelined by rising power bills this season the team at PSC are dedicated to providing the highest quality solar experience let them get you over the trial line and save you thousands this season in energy costs call 1800 20 29 30 today or visit www.penrithsolar.com.au number one Brock the Penrith Panthers yep Number two now for me is the North Queensland Cowboys. Um, yeah, 
I'm thinking I'm keeping Melbourne there because I think full strength they beat the Cowboys. Yeah. They're undermanned at the moment, so I'm leaving Melbourne at two. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I've got Melbourne at three, and that's purely like yeah, you I said. Yeah, the Cowboys at three. Hughes, Remus, uh, Pappenhausen, Nelson, Welch. Uh, the others, I think it's really open, but I've left Parramatta at four. Me too, yep. Uh, they're, uh, they're, they're becoming quite frustrating deals. Yeah, they've been... Very patchy, but I think they're getting some OBs back, which has been an area of concern. Um, they've showed, you know... Good late, good late win on the weekend. Yeah. Um, they've beat Melbourne. They've beaten Penrith. So for now, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Number five, Brisbane. Yeah, I've, I've kept Cronulla there. Yeah. Uh, i got Cronulla at six, obviously. Lost yeah, to Brisbane. I've got, I've got Brisbane at six. Yeah. Cronulla frustrated me as well the last few weeks. There's been some... Inconsistency there. Uh, number seven, the Roosters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Hot and cold. Uh, and number eight, after their last three weeks of football, the Canberra Raiders. Yeah, got them in. Got them in there as well. So Souths and Manly out. Um, and you'd say the Dragons on that fringe, but even again, they're tough, but uh, just lacking a bit of quality. So yeah. that's. My power rankings and your power rankings are pretty similar by those few middle teams, but I think you can make an argument probably from four to seven or four to six if you want to shuffle some of those teams around. Yeah. But there you go. Thanks to the Penrith Solar Center, Jake and the crew there. Make sure you get in touch with them today if you're looking for the best possible deal on Solar. But let's review these games from the weekend. Broncos, Newcastle. Uh, I thought this was a pretty enjoyable contest. Newcastle found a bit more spirit after getting some troops back. Um, Clune back in last week Fitzgibbon Milford in for his first game Gagai returned Barnett a couple of weeks ago Now Frizzell uh, I thought they were up to this one In their eyeballs And would have been really confident Obviously With Reynolds missing But Two moments for me uh, Sort of ruined it I don't think it cost them the game But it certainly had an effect on the game I thought the Gagai no try Was a crock of shit And then I thought That obstruction call Was also Horrendous I have no idea how that's not an obstruction. Anyone in the past that replayed like that where you catch on the inside shoulder, they don't even progress any further to watch the pass. So the fact they ran me through and Buddy passed it, even after he passed it, like, I heard Gordy Tales, I think it was yesterday, so I clean milked it. I'm like, that's fucking wearing your Broncos goggles every day of the week. He's literally ran into that man to try and get to Martin, checked off and tried to get to Staggs, which he did, but he shouldn't have to. 100%. So I'm not saying that wins in the game, but if you give him the gag I try... They're ahead, or you give them a penalty in that moment, they can kick to at least equalise if they don't get the gag or try. I don't, it gives them no excuse to finish the game the way they did, and O'Brien said as much. They also made a shitload of errors, missed 48 tackles, but um, I just can't see how with the bunker we get those two calls wrong. I really, I really can't. It's, yeah, absolute head scratcher. Very frustrating to watch. Mm, but... um, yeah. Full credit what do you, to Brisbane. What do you say? Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. I, like I said, I'm not taking anything away from Brisbane because I think without Reynolds to win the way they did, um, they found a way. And like I said, Newcastle got no excuse for the shit kick cleanup that led to the Oaks try or the soft contact from the man offload where two or three guys don't get Walters. Like, you know, you, you, you got to keep fighting. But that, to me, they were two pretty, two pretty big moments, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. But... Good resilience by Brisbane uh, to play without Reynolds. I think Mam looked injured but played well on debut. I've been waiting to see him. We'd like to see him play with Reynolds. I think he'd be even more impressive if he didn't have to be the steering wheel 
Um, but their pack, it's been incredible the last month or so, and it continued again. Haas, Carrigan, Flegler, set starts from Cobbo, Oates. Um, it, was, it was an all-around pretty good performance from them. And Newcastle, it's been a slight improvement slowly by Ponga the last few weeks. Clem has really been a focal point leading the way for them. And uh, I think Milford for a year out, he, he wasn't terrible. He missed some tackles, but with the football, um, I, I thought he looked pretty sharp and maybe they can build things up the next few weeks. Agree. Yeah, they... Newcastle just need to get some, some troops back. They were certainly more than competitive in that game. And like you said, those two calls go the other way. Who knows what could have happened? I didn't like the way that they faded out of the match late. No. And, uh, and Brisbane, yeah, Brisbane just keep on keeping on. They're, they're doing what they need to do. They're winning those games that they need to win. They're certainly... They look like they're improving. Uh, those young players are hitting those starting to hit those marks in regards to games in first grade. You can certainly see that. Yeah. So no, I think it's it's all positive for Brisbane. I'd be really keen to see them run into some quality opposition and get um, a real test. And I think the Titans will test them this week. Like the Titans, I think, have improved over the last two weeks. So, and it's a, it's a massive game for the Gold Coast. Like they, they almost, it's a must-win game for them now after they drop the weekend's game, so yeah, and they'll be um, they'll be desperate. That's the the derby game as well. So yeah, and, no, it's, it's going to be a big test for for the Broncos because it is a game. You know, when you're looking on paper and on form, that they should win. Yeah, and it's pre-origin for the Titans, who, like you said, have only got three wins, and you know they're going to lose Tino, probably Mo, um, and yeah, that, that that sort of thing. Like I don't think Fafita will be considered game one, but yeah, they're definitely going to lose their two best middles. So that, that's going to put more stress uh, on them. But for Brisbane, also some good news. I said it weeks ago that Herbie was looking at the Dolphins and his things dragged on. Uh, I don't think he's got cold feet, but I think he's interested to see where things are going with Brisbane. So he's ended up re-signing with Brisbane, but for only for one year. So Brisbane have got him for next year now. Um, obviously, that puts him straight back on the market. But um, his words, essentially what we talked about last week, he's come through with Hetherington, Carrigan, Flagler, that group that's gone through some tough times together. Things are looking better. Um, obviously not signing a long-term deal because money's going to be a complication, but for now, uh, he, he sees the positive. So he'll be staying for another 12 months, which is good news for Brisbane. Yes. But uh, moving on from that one, Tigers, Dogs. Uh, this was pretty much summed up by Sinbins, I thought. This first period, you know, they, they started poorly had that sin bin and the Tigers just, you know, carved up their right-hand edge with their left-side attack. Garner ran some really nice lines. They got through, put some points on the board and found themselves leading 18-0 at half-time. And then on the back of a sin bin the other way, the Bulldogs come out firing, had a really good period. Uh, that Pangai try, like, you look at that and that's just one of those ones again, well, why don't, why don't you fucking do that every week? We don't want you putting kicks in. We don't want you drifting across the field. We just want you running hard getting second phase or getting quick play the balls. Um, Marshall Kingland, as I said before, to me, understated, uh, had an impact on this game. And they put a couple of tries on there to get themselves right back into it. But shot gets binned, and that pretty much shuts things down. New Brown, after a long time out, makes a great return, grabs a double from dummy half, which I'm sure Mick would have been really disappointed with. Like, first grade, you don't want to concede from dummy half, let alone twice by a hooker. Um, so yeah, it was it's a bit of a disappointing end of the game, but I, I guess they showed 
some good signs in the second half and through that period, but it's, it's sort of the same story it's been all year. They completed 78% and made, you know, eight errors to two. The Tigers completed 94%. Uh, and then the penalty count was 11-4, so just discipline and ball control. Yeah, exactly. Poor discipline, poor ball control, and not giving them ourselves a chance. Mm. Tigers, like Tigers did what they needed to do. They were, yeah, they were far from convincing as well. But again, they ticked that box, and it's a win that they needed if they're really going to challenge for, you know, that bottom end of the eight. That's it's a game that they they had to have. Uh, and the Bulldogs, yeah, it's more just of a story of uh, same same again. Yeah. Um, like I said, that Penguin moment in his game overall, it's one of those ones again. Once every five, six weeks is not good enough. No. No, that's really need consistency. Yeah. The whole team needs consistency. The only way you get it is when every individual is more consistent. Yeah. Um, again, thought Marshall King played well, thought Burton was pretty good, particularly the second half, but uh, yeah, they sort of shot themselves in the foot, got themselves back in it, and then set themselves on fire again, but the Tigers, Hastings, uh, certainly proving a point this year, certainly proving that he brings out the best of his halves partner, I thought he brought the best out of Brooks, and I think that was Madden's best game in first grade, he brought the best out of him as well. Um, the way he used Garner and Garner's lines, I think he's going to be a good pickup for Penrith. Tower the last few weeks had some really good moments. He's still young, so I think there's some nice green shoots coming through uh, on the Tiger side of things. And heard some talk again this week that you know what's going to happen with Madge and they're going to put a number on it, or we need to be in double digits by round 13 and all that. Like to me, that's just all bullshit. If I'm this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you. Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Tigers, Sheen said he'd stick with him. I think we're seeing some positive signs. I think, you know, you've got Arpi coming, you've got Papali'i coming. Um, unless you know you've got somebody out there that you prefer or you can get or you really, really want, I don't see why at this point in time, unless the season drastically, you know, went off the rails in the next six to eight weeks, why you get rid of Madge. <laughs> Chance. It's the first time they've had any sort of stability with Sheen's in, him getting the assistance to do more and getting some good kids who they're starting to play with a few veterans coming. Um, I, I, I think, yeah, unless things really badly go off the rails, he deserves, and I, I don't say that very often, but with what they've dished up and what they've been doing the last few years, I think he deserves a crack uh, with those players that are coming. Yeah, I agree. So we'll have to see how things play out. But when I read that the other day about points and targets, I'm like, they're the last ones with what they've done to him and with the club the last few years that should be putting fucking targets on a coach. They've torched every coach they've had. It's been an absolute black hole for coaches. Yeah. So uh, hopefully they show some patience. But it was really happy um, also to see New Brown. I've talked about it before. When he left, thought he was a good player, had a terrible foot injury, was almost forced to retire. 
got an off-season with the Roosters, thought that wouldn't be a bad pickup. Um, can play six, but generally coming through at the Sharks, he was a really good number nine and uh, showed on the weekend. Uh, obviously not so much craft, but you get him inside 10, he's a try thief and he, he banked the double on his return, so good night for him. Okay. Moving on from that one, Eels Manly. Uh, certainly not without controversy, in particular Des. He's always good for a funny press conference at the end, but he certainly wasn't impressed with uh, the Tui Pelotu penalty, the 9-2 penalty count, and just in general, overall, the fact they lost. He, he thought that the Eels were helped back into the game. Well, I wonder whether he would have been saying that if they won the game. Yeah, well, it's interesting. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know if things were as bad as what he thought. I thought some of the penalties were pretty fair. Yeah, I think so. Don't uh, I think it's a deflection. Yeah, the, the two Pilatu thing, I get it, but he did make contact with the head. With what they're bidding or what they're penalising these days, I don't really know why that's a surprise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, again, I get it. I thought it was a good effort and a good cover tackle, but, yeah, if you're getting someone in the head with the way the rules are going, you pretty much know that's what's coming. Um, they were brave. They led, but also at the same time, they had the same problem they've had in this year and the back end of last year. Their right edge way too easily got stripped by Parramatta. Anytime they sort of built pressure, had them under the gun, um, when they released it, Parramatta basically scored anytime they got an opportunity inside 20 down their left-hand side. Yeah. So they need to work on that. It's obviously going to be a huge focus now with Tommy missing. Um, the direction they go, like you said before, Garrick's obviously done a job. Cool has come through the grades playing there. Would they consider that and leaving him um, and, and shuffling, you know, Parker or someone else back into the centres when they're healthy? I don't know. But with, with the bodies that are available right now, um, it'll be interesting to see what they name later on today. Obviously, the team lists aren't out at the present time. But, um, yeah, big shoes to fill. Absolutely. And two players were charged. Uh, I think they've taken the early guilty plea. So Ola Kawatu for that crusher, which on slow-mo I didn't think was that bad, to be honest. I know the action looked bad, but when you slowed it down, um, yeah, it, he's taken early guilty plea. And Sean Kepi's lifting tackle, which saw him put in the bin, uh, he was early guilty plea. So they're both available to play this week as well. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Parramatta, uh, like we said, for Moses, I guess, kind of flush out some demons from a couple of important kicks he's had the last few years, in particular that Penrith one last year. Uh, it wasn't his greatest night, but that, that's that's a pretty big way to respond in a game at the back end when, you, when your team needs you. Huge. Yeah, huge. Um, yeah. Massive, um, massive play. Yeah. Thought Gutherson had some nice moments. Uh, the pass that he threw... What was the game he missed the big kick in last year? It was the Penrith game. Yeah, it was it? the Penrith game. That's what no, it was. Yeah. yeah. So it was probably just nice for him from on a personal note, you know, to nail that because I think the Penrith the Penrith kick was probably a little bit easier than, than the one that he nailed on the weekend. Like the one on the weekend was right on the paint. Yeah, in those those conditions as well. Mm. The Penrith one was I think in between posts and sideline, maybe thirty out, but it's one that you should be knocking over. Yeah. So he definitely exercised some demons, but thought there was some good play in this. Like the DCE pass for that try out to Tui Pelotu, the old whip over the head of everyone, that was an cr- absolute cracker. Um, that man himself, Tui Pelotu, I think he's been outstanding for them. The amount of work he gets through his effort, um, he's a great player. 
Croker had a better game after missing 10 tackles last week. Um, had a moment there, obviously, where he got through, which got Moses put in the bin, tugging on Turbo, trying to run through. But for the Eels, Papali was good again. That tip on for the last try, Gutherson's involvement, he's 150th. And Madison off the bench again, almost 200 metres, six offloads. Like He's just terrorising middles at the moment with his size, his leg speed, and his ability to pass being a former 5'8". Like he, he's just... He's been in a real rich vein of form since he's come back in. Yeah. Um, Marnie played pretty well in the conditions as well, but that's a big two points, I think, for Para, given the situation. Uh, it's been an up and down few weeks, but if they were to lose that one with Manly dropping some bodies and Manly get to a situation where they're like, all right, we've dropped some troops, but we find a way to win that game, I think they'd be feeling a lot better, but I think it's probably, probably another thing that needled Desi a little bit more is to lose that game in the way they did know that Tommy's badly injured and know that you've already had a pretty rough trot so far this season with that situation and the pressure that's now going to be on with Origin coming up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. mate. Uh, like we spoke about earlier, it's, yeah, it's going to make the back end of the year pretty difficult. Yeah. Uh, Dragons, Warriors, yeah, this was a bit of a weird one. A bit of a messy game, in all honesty, but... I feel bad for the Warriors to an extent. Um, the news during the week was Lodge. I, can't, I knew he was going to be leaving next year, but to you know basically say thanks, but I'm I'm out, and they release him uh, before they go back to New Zealand. I think that's pretty poor by Lodge. You, you've gone there, you get paid well. They're in a tough situation. They've offered you a huge extension. You don't want to move over there. That's fine, but. Like you, you can't finish the season off. You can't go over for the last six weeks or whatever it is and, and finish out for a club that gave you an opportunity. Um, yeah, if I'm a Warriors fan, I think that's pretty poor by Matt Lodge. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. What do you say? Like, he's just... Yeah, you got me? Yeah, sorry, you dropped out for a little bit. But, yeah, I just... I, yeah, you're there. I think uh, a couple of blowing, couple of demons. Oh yes. No, I just I thought it was pretty poor by him to be honest. Yeah, ordinary. Yeah. Ordinary, particularly when they've taken a gamble and got into the club. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's one thing to knock back the extension and have the option, but yeah, I thought the least you could do when a club's taking you in and giving you a chance and, tr- and tried to extend you is at least finish the season out, even if it is spending six weeks in New Zealand. No one's asking you to take the four-year deal and spend the rest of your career there, but, uh, yeah, I don't really agree with what he's done. No, me either, mate. No, but, uh, yeah, it, it left them a little bit undermanned, but overall it, it was a bit same old, same old for them. They had some moments. Uh, they come up with some decent kicks. They really pressured that left edge with Fianney, um, and that side of the field, they got a bit of love with some tap backs. Valaya got a try. They got some repeats and got some pressure. Uh, Tavaga was good when he moved out of nine and started playing as a middle. Broke some tackles, got some second phase going. But Hunt, again, real big difference in this game. Really good kicking game. Really good control. Uh, Ramsey had his best game. Bit of a statement game from him. Come up with a couple of nice plays uh, when it was well needed. And again, he's probably a year ahead in his development and a couple of years older than Sloan. But they, they certainly need him or Sloan to be the one who takes that fullback jersey. Um, like we said before, with a buyer there to me, it's just wasting time. You, you, you're steering away from the inevitable. So if they're going to hold 
Sloan out. I at least want it to be for Ramsey or someone else who's at least got a future at that position. And Mbai's not doing a bad job at the moment for nine, which is also another area I still think they need to address. But, um, yeah, he certainly had one of his better games at that position. Amone, again, the last few weeks, his confidence has certainly gone up and Suley was a danger every time he touched the football as well. Yeah, agree, mate, agree. Hmm. For the Warriors, uh, it's another disappointing... Actually saw the um, saw the Dragons training earlier, I had a little bit of a look, so... Yeah, got a view from where you are? Uh, not from my room, but I, I ducked out to get a coffee and they were, they were training on the backfield there at Wynn and... Uh, yeah, had a had a bit of a look. Mm. Seem a happy group, which is which is good. Yeah, um, for the Warriors again, just one of those ones in it. Don't get it done. Um, probably need a little bit more, like we said, from those, those key players. Walsh hard day with the boot from the sideline. That was sort of the difference in this one, and, and a penalty goal, which pushed it out. Finishes twenty four, you know, points, but. Um, yeah, had that last play scramble where they chucked it around all over the joint and tried to make something happen, but another loss. And I think the main thing to come out of this is they lost Lodge, but Fanua Blake went off with a foot injury. I'm not sure of the severity, but if they lost him, that would be an absolute death blast. Massive, yeah. That would be, you know, going from having two real big Mack trucks laying a great platform and giving you some second phase to, you know, you'd have Bunty who plays low minutes. They've just signed Dunamis Louie for the rest of the season, who's... Again, a short minute player like that, that'd place some real pressure on their middle. Huge pressure. So, Huge. Um, yeah, interest to see what happens for the Warriors, but things just seem to be getting harder. And I was hoping that, you know, they could sort of go 50 50 until they got back to New Zealand and then maybe ride a bit of a wave of that emotion and, um, you know, that excitement of going back home. But um, it looks like that's potentially not going to be the case. They might be limping to the point where they get to go back to New Zealand and. I, I hope there's some good showings when they get home because I think that's what their fans deserve. But, yeah, with what's going on with players like Lodge leaving, some inconsistencies from guys like Johnson and chopping and changing a little bit at the moment. Um, I, I don't know. It might be a rough end of the season for the Warriors, but I hope that's not the case. No, me either. It's just... Yeah, it is, it's difficult to wrap your head around like where they go, particularly when they're not um, they're not at home. Like, I don't... Why can't they go home? Is it New Zealand rules? Oh, I, preventing them from travelling more? I, I think what happened earlier was they were knocked back, so they planned, you know, for the back end of the year. I think maybe round, is it round 16, 17, something like that, they go home. I think their first home game might be against the Tigers. But I think just with the way the year started, uh, they pushed it back. I, I think now they probably could, but it'd be, you know, rescheduling fixtures, rescheduling the draw. I think it was more... Well, I just think next year and the year after, they should play every game at home. Yeah, well, I think we spoke about this on a previous pod to me after what they've done the last few years. I don't think it would be much for players to basically give the Warriors a situation where they don't leave New Zealand unless they make the finals. Yeah. Um, and everyone else goes back, whether that be all at Mount Smart, which probably won't be the case, but just go on a tour over New Zealand after missing for, you know three years essentially go to the North Island South Island play all over New Zealand for all those games and reintroduce uh, New Zealand to the Warriors and really push rugby league after a three year hiatus yeah I think so mate I really do it'd be a great idea Uh, but moving on from that one Cowboys Storm 36-6 I think again 
just relentless, six in a row. They got through Melbourne's middle. They had them on the back foot. They were constantly laying in the ruck and diving and trying to get six agains. Their, their cage kicking to the corners and making Melbourne bring it out of yardage and get us suffocating in those effort areas, which have been outstanding for the Cowboys. I think it was really obvious, you know, um, with the, the changes they made to their spine again, that they probably weren't happy with Cooper last week and having the dual hooker situation, thought maybe Harry could do a job. But if you're going backwards, you're on demand, you're making poor errors and, you know, your, your general effort isn't great, which is the biggest thing, which disappointed Bellamy. You're just not going to be in a game. And I, I think they completed at like 64%. They were dominated and they got carved up on their edges and I think that just shows how important at times those combinations are. It doesn't help when your middle's getting beaten because you're already exposed with extra space, but having Harry out on an edge with Seve, who I know at the moment they probably have to play, um, but yeah, losing Remus and the stability they had on both their edges with him and Hughes together and then the left side combination. Um, in particular, that right side really got picked apart. Harry on one. Drifted infield, Eremiah shot past the ball, drink water sliced through. Like it, yeah, there was just some really poor efforts defensively. And I think Bellamy, despite the troops, has every right to be filthy because at the bare minimum for the storm, you expect effort and people to come in and do a job. And um, it's their first back-to-back losses by 30 points since 2013. Yeah, that's yeah, it's almost 10 years. Wow. So... Yeah, interesting, but I think, again, if uh, the back end of the year comes, I still don't know the world situation, he doesn't know, but if you put Nelson, Hughes, Pappenhausen, Remus, and potentially Welch at the back end of the year back into that team, and they get through origin, I, I still think Melbourne's a genuine contender, but for now, rough period, some guys missing, but probably shows again, they had really good depth last year, which as we know, when you get good depth, people take your players, that's what you see. Hines and the like, Panes, etc. sign elsewhere. Um, you know, they've had to reach with, say, McDonald and a couple of guys there a bit earlier than they've probably thought about. And they've obviously got some injuries as well now, which are placing a little bit of pressure on the team, but still not the level that Craig Bellamy would be expecting. But um, interested to see when Hughes is actually available. Uh, we are obviously know, like I said, Welch and a few of the, uh, is, is a 50-50 prospect. We don't know what's going to happen there. And I, I wondered why we didn't see the All Black Sevens player, Will Warbrick, this week, but he's apparently injured now as well. So okay. Yeah, they're certainly under the pump at the moment a little bit, aren't they, the, the Storm? Yeah, N- Nelson, I think, uh, probably un- un- overstates now the importance of Nelson. Um, if you're going to be losing Jesse, Kenny, Felice, I know they've got some young guys, they've got earmarked, but I think Nelson now, it's very important that he doesn't go anywhere. And obviously they extended Welch, but him being injured, um, how he comes back is going to be super important because there's some serious pressure going to be on that forward pack. Yeah. So Cowboys, like I said, full credit to them. Chad was great again with his kicking game. Robson had a blinder out of dummy half, scored one, set one up. Um, they really made a statement. Tulagi, he's a freak. I, like I said, again, I, I just think it's natural that you pick him on the left-hand side with Holmes. Gilbert and some of those young forwards, Nanai sniffed out tries again, like just all around as a whole. They're, they're, they're playing really, really well for one another and leading from the front. Cotter, etc. and they lost Tamalolo and Felt in the first half. So, you know, they weren't without pressure as well. They had 15 men for probably 60 minutes and they were relentless. Well, yeah, the, the scoreboard tells you everything you need to know about 
how the Cowboys are going. They, yeah, relentless is a is a good word. I think. Yeah, you know, Melbourne were under man. I, I certainly expected Melbourne to put up much more of a fight than what they did, and the Cowboys just put them to the sword. Which, to their credit, you know, really puts them in a in a frame up there with those elite teams in the comp. Yeah, and I think you sort of mentioned the other week the most impressive thing to look at it's not just wins and losses and whatever else it's your defensive record and they're still the second best defensive team in the comp Um, and when you're doing that you're always going to have a really good chance to win games of football and they're playing the best defensive team in the comp this week in Penrith and they just played the best attacking team under men obviously but still they're the wins plus the Parramatta win that you look at and go alright you're genuinely announcing yourself as a threat for this competition yeah, so quite impressed uh, so far with how they're going. But moving on from that, Penrith Roosters. Speaking of relentless, this was just another game where I thought Penrith strangled an opponent. Um, they absorbed for periods there. I think the Roosters had some good points in time there where they got some repeats and tried to build some pressure. But Penrith just absorbed. They scrambled really well. Um, they're, they're one of the better sides in terms of when you go on short side raids or play with the sideline and getting extra bodies in the picture and just wheelbarrowing you over the sideline. There was three or four in this game that just looked like a tackle was going to be completed and that they go a step further and not only make an effective tackle but turn it into a turnover. Um, and then when they got down the other end of the field, the form again of Yo in that lock roll, the manipulation from nine and their, their overall connectivity between six, seven, nine and 13. Um, Yo just sort of set things up He engaged the middle They really went at that left edge They tried to fish at Kiri and Butcher And they played around that space nicely Between himself, Arpy and Cleary And, and Luai's running game off the back of it He was a real beneficiary But um, I just thought again Watching that on the weekend And the way they absorb pressure And the way they attack I just It's another moment where I'm like I know Cook's probably going to be picked But I just really don't see why For New South Wales right now And You've got some guys out of form. Why you wouldn't just transplant as many of the Penrith set up as you, you possibly could? Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes sense. For the Roosters, like, like I said, there were some positives. Um, but I think, again, just shows the difference right now between Penrith and everybody else. Yeah. But for the Roosters, still a long way to go. Um, like I said, the real positives for me, Terrell May debuts, Egan Butcher's back from health. They really lack some leg speed. I'm sure they'll be part of the plan moving forward. You know, Radley, Satili missing a couple of guys they want to get in. Sawali shot on kick out and he's developed the last few weeks. So I still think there's a lot for them to grow. I, I guess it's just where they get to during this origin period in the back end of the year and can they become a serious contender. They've obviously still got some development around nine with Watson. Verrills was back for a few weeks. Now he looks like he's out long term. They've tampered with Hutchison. Kiri's form was quite poor. You've seen some confidence the last few weeks. Like I thought it was a really good sign the other night when he dug into the line really square and drew two or three to offload to Tedesco, but yeah, I, they've still got a long way to go to bring it all together if you're the Roosters. Yeah, massively. They've, they've been far too inconsistent, so mm. they really need to address that. And, uh, we had an old school Jared. Jared of like six or seven years ago just absolutely blew his stack. <laughs> well, he did, didn't he? Like, yeah, there's no way. Well, when no you tell a ref, you always fucking go after me. <laughs> He, uh, he certainly went for him but then I watched the replay and I was sort of like yeah when, when you hang an arm out and you hit someone in the face it's you know 
certainly not some of his... It's hard to see what else the referee could have done. Yeah, it's, it's certainly not his worst work, but, yeah, when he says he's going after him, I'm like, I, I know there's probably some penalties that go against you because of who you are, but that one, yeah, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but I don't think he was going to get 10 until he absolutely unleashed. Yeah. So, in the end... No, I, I agree. I don't think he was either. The game was already over, but, yeah, that certainly showed where his head was at. He was awfully frustrated. But um, for the Panthers, huge opportunity this week um, after being so consistent. They get the Cowboys. Like I said, I'm not taking anything away from it, but I really, really would have loved to have seen it with Tamalolo and Felt because Penrith literally at the moment actually have no one on the injury list, which is crazy. Um, to start the year with a couple of guys out and some guys off surgery to looking on the NRW website and everyone, like, you know, West have got about eight or nine names. Warriors have got six or seven. Roosters have got four. Some have lower lists, like you've got South off a couple of head knocks on the weekend and some injuries. But, yeah, Penrith literally at the moment says no injuries. So That's, yeah, it's, that's ridiculous. That's a great spot to be in, considering, like we said, they're heading into origin. They're going to have huge representation. You can push up those guides. You can rest your players. They've already banked 10 wins. They'll be hoping to make it. They'll put all their energy, I'm sure, into this week to make sure they're 11-1 and one so they can coast through the origin period. Yeah, agree. And it's at home, um, you know, off the back of the loss to Parramatta. So they'll be looking to uh, start that streak again. Yeah. Um, but moving on from that one, Raiders South. You just... Dubbo wasn't a happy place last year when they caught 50 from Penrith. But this just had negative written all over it from the first minute. Totola got knocked out off the first run. Uh, Tane Milne didn't last much longer into the first half. They were down to 15. They defensively were just really, really poor. Um, the Papali crash in on his 250th, great moment for him, but that, that was a bad sign. And that, like I said, that was all early moments in the game. And then for the rest of the game, they were just low energy. Low completions, 64% again, which has been a consistent problem. 50 missed tackles, like all the small things that you want. Um, you know, errors has been the main problem. Defensive effort's sort of been there, but this week I thought they were, they were poor in all the effort areas. Yeah. Yeah, hard to, hard to argue with that, man. They, like you said, those areas are free, and they certainly give you a chance to win games or at least put you in a position to be competitive, and they're just not getting it right. No. Um, and the errors thing's just been consistent every week. You see, you see those glimpses of their attack on their football, but they just can't seem to help themselves. 15 errors again. Just, yeah, a bit of a lack of go forward. And like I said before, I know he's not a huge name, but Nichols was good for him last year. Um, consistency in that other back row spot hasn't been there. That would probably be nice. And then Murray and Kalal Matungi have sort of been carrying the load. So for him to be out now and have no Latrell, which would certainly take some pressure off Cody as the focal point. Um yeah, like I said, I was sort of disappointed with his overall body language. And it sort of worries me that he only he did a one-year extension. I don't know part of that was South and their cap situation as well, but sort of makes you wonder, you know, if there is something there about him and the Dolphins. Like he's, he's already 32. So by the time that would come around, if he plays his last year there next year, he'd be 34 years old. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. He, he just doesn't look as happy in this situation. And I know, again, having Latrell there would certainly help having a couple of those guys on the field more consistently and, and building into things. But, yeah, he certainly hasn't been himself this year. No, I agree with that. But the Raiders, this is more what we said a couple of weeks ago, like where the fuck's this attitude been? This... Yeah, but it's it's inconsistent. So 
let's see if they can back it up and do it for you know the remainder of the season. They're going to probably need to do it to put themselves in the frame to play finals footy. Yeah, well, that's now three in a row. It started um, obviously with the uh, the ugly win they got against uh, the Dogs the other week, and then last yeah. week, complete surprise when they rolled Cronulla the way they did, considering having multiple sin bins and defending for the majority of the game. And I think it was the most tackles the team's had inside an opposition's half. Cronulla had 60-plus and could barely post a point. Um, so to now roll in and do what they've did, I think the biggest turnaround again is, like you said, added the, the things we just talked about for South. They're defending well. They're relentless. They've simplified their attack, and it's all coming off what it should come off. Good set starts and yardage with guys like Rapana and Kotrick, who's back to playing some good footy. And then you've got Papali'i and Tapine, who was up near... 200 metres, 90 post-contact, second phase, and then the halves are just playing straight and simple to their edges. And um, The try they scored, which was a really good team try where Horsberg sliced through. Hudson Young had the no-looker and Tommy with the, the one-armour offload. That was, was great footy, but it also summed up where South were at defensively and attitude-wise. But um, a couple of wins in a row. Jack back on board and probably a real statement game this weekend for them. They play Parramatta before Origin. So Parramatta will certainly want to win this to get themselves insured of, you know, sort of around the top four, knowing that the teams around them are also going to be missing players during that Origin period, which is going to affect all of them. But for Canberra, you win this game, you pull yourself probably back into the bottom of the eight, and then, I don't know, Jack, maybe Josh Papali are your only two players you're looking at losing. Jack may not get picked if they go with Hines, so potentially only Papa. You, you should be able to cater for missing one middle. So we should be able to, yeah. Or, origin, even if Jack gets picked, if he's playing off the bench, he's not going to be playing big minutes. They'll, they'll be in a position, hopefully, pending what their draw is to sort of benefit during Origin. We hope so. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Should be a period there, yeah, now where they're thinking, well, we can make up some ground here. I haven't looked at their draw, but I'll be interested to see what they've got, but... Moving on from that one, uh, the last one here, Sharks-Titans, and I think Holbrook sort of summed this up, that this is a bit like your games of a couple of weeks ago where they get behind when they concede and they concede sort of in a glut, and then when you're chasing your tail, you, you sort of start playing good football, but it's just too little too late. That's fair. Yeah, um, that's fair. Frustrating. Very, very frustrating. First half certainly didn't help. Uh, a lot of possession, and they held on, and they did well, but certainly took some gas out of their legs. And in that second half, there was just that 10, 15-minute period where the bubble burst and, um, you know, Sharks obviously got hit some pay dirt. And, you know, the, like, ones like the Miller try just kill you. Kick contest, straight up the middle of the field, goes coast to coast, pretty much untouched. Like, it's those sort of moments really, really hurt. Yeah, 100%. Um, but, 100%. It's just we sort of got into a position to to win the game and they just leak far too often they leak and in bunches and yeah it's, they're a frustrating team to watch at the moment it must be a very frustrating team to coach mm. but yeah I think Campbell was good again in, in the conditions which were trying certainly tried to make an impression on the game um, Jared Walsh scoring a double insane scenes when you see that sort of shit happening and I think I saw someone inboxed him saying thank you they won $27,000 backing him for first try scorer wow so 
very ballsy to be backing him to score first try, but well done to you, sir. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, for Cronulla, again, that possession in the first half, they obviously struggled a little bit with attack, but they at least held the football, took some gas out. Nico back in control of things. Uh, things were a bit more smooth. I thought Miller was really, really good on debut. He was getting around in the wet, very dangerous. Ten tackle breaks, 200 metres. Ended up scoring that coast-to-coast try. It's, it's a great way to make your debut, that's for sure. And Given the conditions, I thought Braley really stepped up. Um, they shortened things up. He was a lot more dangerous working out of nine and pushing around the ruck and straightening them up a bit more. It, it sort of seems like those few losses they've had, they've just not been straight at all. And I don't know if that's a little bit more on him as well at times to take some control from dummy half considering they've put, you know, a five-year deal on the table and clearly stated that you're part of the future. Um, in those games they lost, it just very much seemed like touchline to touchline with no momentum, no trying to get forward. But uh, I thought he certainly put a bit more of a stamp on the game the other day. Yeah, I agree. So, good win. Uh, not the ideal finish. Fitzgibbon were disappointed. They leaked those points late, but uh, closed it out and made up for a disappointing result last week. I, I think they're another team I looked at and thought Origin could end up being very, very good for Cronulla because realistically, Dale's injured. Um, he probably would have been in the fold, but they've got cover. Nico might play as a utility, but overall I don't think he's going to have a huge part to play. And the only other player that was really in the frame, but again, I think it'd be more as a bench utility to cover spots is Sifa Talakai. So they're, they're only a slit in a position where they could end up only losing one player, if not none. So similar deal. They've had a few oopsie moments um, with the result against Canberra and the one against Brisbane. But if they go through and their involvement in origin is very limited, depending on what their draws like, it could be a spot there where they maybe correct a couple of the losses they've had and pull themselves in a better position for the top four, let alone just securing finals altogether. But the Titans, like you said, huge week this week against Brisbane. Tino and Moa are certainly going to play Origin. If they had outside back injuries, I think Sammy would be considered for a spot. For Feeder, if he was healthy, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, being 3-8, and eight, you're definitely going to lose those two guys who are your best middles. So it's a huge week this week against Brisbane. Massive. But there you go. That wraps us up. Thank you, Dates. What's that? Thank you, Dates, and on with the show. On with the show. That wraps up uh, the reviews of the games. From the weekend, and now jumping into tips and previews, brought to you by bluebet.com.au. Download the app today or visit the website. There's no one better to bet with than uh, bluebet.com.au. And made a decision on the charity, Brock. I think we stick with Bears of Hope. They're a very, very good organisation, so that's who we're going to give the money to again this year, Bears of Hope. Yep. So... There you go. Been thinking about it. Had some options on the table, but yeah, I think that one uh, is very deserving, as are many different charities, but Bears of Hope for infancy and pregnancy loss is where we're going to be going, thanks to bluebet.com.au. And make sure, again, you take advantage of the great offer on all NRL games. If you back a team head-to-head and they lead by six points or more at half time, Bluebet will pay you out as a winner up to $100, lead by six at half time, and you win. Terms and conditions apply gamble responsibly. Last week was a good week for myself. Uh, I tipped a few upsets, so I've ended up jagging seven. Nice. Uh, Yourself, you got five with those games. Obviously, the Cowboys result went my way. Um, What were the other games? I tipped a few. I tipped the Raiders. That went my way, and there was 
think there was only one game. I can't remember which one I got wrong. Where's my bloody paper? I've missed it, but I've written down my results. So takes the tips to 58 and 55. As I said, I backed the Cowboys 1 to 12. They ended up winning, but they blew Melbourne out, so no win. Um, so we'll come up with something this week and hopefully end the rot. It's been a pretty rough period. We had the Tamolo 2 no tries, and now the Cowboys with that one. It hasn't been the greatest, but let's hope we can start putting some more money in the kitty for Bears of Hope. Um, but without team lists, we'll be tipping a little bit blindly at the moment. But the first game off the, the cap here is Melbourne up against Manly on Thursday night. And both teams obviously in a situation where they're going to be desperate for a win. Melbourne will want to respond off the back of two poor losses. And, and Manly obviously in a situation with losing troops and heading into origin where... They just need to win full stop. Absolutely, yeah. I, I like the storm here. I'm going to struggle to um, hit Manly in their current predicament. Mm. Well, again, I'm going to be very interested to see what gets named. I think you might be right in terms of Garrick, but they've got Cooler as an option. And then in terms of how they replace um, players in the back line, I think Parker... Ben obviously hurt his shoulder. Trevojevic, that is the other week. Saab is slated for around 12 or 13, so if they could get him back in, there's at least some colour. If not, they might reach for an exemption to get a player in. But for Melbourne, um, what happens with Hughes, again, I don't think he'll be available. We know Papenhaus might be available. Remus might be available. Um, Nelson would be a big in, but it is in Melbourne. I don't know how they're going to have the makeup. I'm sure if Hughes is missing, they'll go with Cooper again. I don't think they're going to try Harry at nine. They'll go back to having him on the bench and Brandon as an impact middle if they're short in that regard. Um, and, yeah, then the OB situation. If, if Warbrick or someone else is available, I would certainly have Seve out of the team. Even if I had to push Coates in one and put Aaron Meyer on the wing, I something has to be done there, in my opinion. But I'll go Melbourne as well. Um Again, hard, but yeah, I think for, for Manly, they'll be just as desperate. I don't agree with the line and the price here with bluebet.com.au, but we're both on the storm, and they have Melbourne as heavy favourites at $1.17. Manly are $5 outsiders, 14 and a half is the line. I, yeah, I, I definitely don't agree with that. No, me But um, 1 to 12, 320 for the storm, 660 for Manly. A dollar fifty-eight, thirteen plus for the Storm. Nineteen dollars for Manly. Um, Friday night, Panthers Cowboys again. Crack a game. Don't see anyone missing for Panthers returning home, heading into Origin. We will definitely be looking to be eleven and one after this week, and they get the Cowboys off a couple of big games and some good results. But Tamalolo will be missing. Kyle Felt will be missing, so they'll be. Bit of a reshuffle there. I think naturally Hamiso will come in on the wing, and in terms of middles, Tanoa Brown or somebody else will probably come in uh, to their rotation there. So I, I think it'll still be a good game, but I can't see anything but the Panthers winning to start that streak again and making sure they are eleven and one heading into Origin. Yeah, who you got Panthers. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think again, heading into Origin, they'll want to be eleven and one, and dominant. Yeah, okay. So, bluebet.com.au, Panthers a dollar twenty-seven, three seventy-five for the Cowboys. Twelve and a half is the line. 
1 to 12 Panthers, 3, 15, 5, 10 for the Cowboys, 13 plus $1.87 for the Panthers, $14 for the Cowboys. Broncos Titans wraps up Friday night, the Derby game. Um, I think the hardest thing here for me, even though I've, I've seen some improvement at the Gold Coast the last few weeks, and I think they're going to get some troops back this week. You're on a short turnaround, aren't you? You finished up Sunday night. This is Friday night. So what's that? Four days? Mm. Essentially, you know, Monday's a write-off. Three days in between. Um, Brisbane played, what, Thursday night? Yeah. So yeah. eight-day turnaround. I'm sure Reynolds will be back in the team I, I, again. Yeah, it's tough. I think it'll be a good game, hopefully. The derbies usually are, but I still find it hard to see a Titans win given, um, you know, the turnaround, and I, and I know they really need it before the rep period, but Brisbane have been playing some good peri- uh, good football, so I'm, I'm going to be sticking with Brisbane. Yeah, me too. Yeah, tough one there, but hopefully it's a, a good game of football, but yeah, without knowing the lineups, I think there's a few guys they were saying were in line for a return this week, but for, if you're Brisbane, long turnaround, expect Reynolds to be back in, heading into the origin period as well, probably with a decent representation, you'd be looking to take advantage of the, the long rest you've got there and make sure you bank another one before you head into camp. Yeah. So dollar thirty two favorite they are with bluebet.com.au. The Titans are three thirty five. Minus ten and a half is a line. One to twelve Broncos two eighty four fifty for the Titans. Thirteen plus Broncos two twenty ten dollars for the Titans. Warriors Newcastle for me this is a really difficult one to pick. Um yeah, oh, yeah. early game on Saturday. I think Newcastle showed some good signs last week. Apparently Clifford made a good return to New South Wales Cup. I don't know if they'll pick him while you've got Milford and Clune in there, and he's probably just trying to find his bit of form again. I don't think it's a bad idea to leave him for another week, but obviously we've seen the return the last few weeks of Frizzell, Barnett, Fitzgibbon. Hopefully Safidi steps up and has a big game here to try and push his case. Uh, we know Gagai is going to be missing after that horrendous dislocation. That was ugh, awful stuff um, seeing that. But yeah, Gagai's back in sort of offsets that. They'll have to shuffle somebody else in. Uh, but yeah, for the Warriors, the big one for me not knowing is Fenua Blake. Um, and we know that Lodge left. So with that and just the inconsistencies, I'm going to go Newcastle, not with a lot of confidence. I'm assuming this says it's a home game for the Warriors, so I'm assuming that's going to be uh, up at Redcliffe, <laughs> which they've actually had a pretty good record up there so far. But, yeah, if Lodge is, you know, is out the door and Fenua Blake's in doubt, I'll, at the moment, not knowing the lineups, I'll say Newcastle. But, yeah, not with a lot of confidence. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, interested to see what the lineups are. But at the moment... They are slight favourites, the Warriors, with bluebet.com.au. They're $1.62, $2.30 are uh, the Knights, minus 3.5 the line, 1-12 Warriors, two ninety-five, three fifty for the Knights, 13 plus the Warriors, three twenty-five, five seventy for the Knights. And another difficult game without the lineups is Souths versus the Tigers. The Tigers have had a really good record in recent times against South Sydney. Um, off the back of last week, Totola knocked out in the first minute. He'll be in concussion protocols. Tane Milne will be in concussion protocols. I know they're talking about the return of Murray, but again, um, it's off the back of surgery and a short turnaround. I know they took Hastings off the other night. I think that was just a precaution at the back end of the game. Um, their form has been a bit better. 
the last few weeks. So I'm, I'm, I'm very wary. But again, without the lineups at the moment, uh, I reckon the Tigers might be able to get the cash. Now it's a hard one again. Here you go. I'm going the Tigers. Mm. Again, we don't have the lineups, but yeah, there's some clouds hanging over a few players for South. They certainly need to no, respond. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with the bunnies. Mm. I've uh, I've gone with them a few times. They've burnt me. So yeah, I don't know. Without the lineups again, I, I might change my mind if I. Knew about those guys, but yeah, Tatola and Milne will be in protocol all week, you'd expect. Um, and then what happens with Murray, I don't know. But the Tigers, with Hastings, have been pretty steady. A couple of guys in, um, and they've just seemed to have the water on me more recent times. So I'll I'll take the odds, which aren't too bad. With bluebet.com.au, the Tigers are $3 outsiders. Souths are $1.39 favourite, minus 8.5 the line. 1 to 12, 270 for Souths, 425 for the Tigers, 13 plus for Souths, 243, 840 for the Tigers. Um, and a really good game to close out Saturday night. Sharks, Roosters before Origin. Sharkies, again, what happens there? I think Talakai went off at the back end of that game. I don't know how bad that was. Um, so not sure about his availability for the Roosters. Frustrating result, but Jared, I think, ended up just with a fine. You got May on debut, Egan Butcher. Just a fine. Yeah, just a fine, I think, in the end. Done well. Yeah. Um, Egan Butcher played his first game after a long layoff. So I think there's some good players coming back in. This one's a bit more of a 50 50 for me because, like we said, the Sharks have had a few oopsies the last few weeks. Um, yeah. I'm sure they'd like to get this one before Origin, as would the Roosters, because it's certainly going to be helpful for both these teams who are fighting for a spot there in the, the top four, but I think I'm going to lean towards the Chooks this week. Yeah, man, it's a tough game as well. I, I think I'm going to go with the Sharks at home, at the Priz. Yeah, well, actually, I completely spaced on that, didn't I? They're at the Priz. And off the top of my head, now that I remember, which I think why I had the Sharks written down originally, Will Kennedy returns this week too. So they'll have Kennedy back at one, Moylan uh, and Nico in the halves. So Miller's one game, we'll probably see him back down in New South Wales Cup, even though it was a good one. So, you know what, I've probably made the wrong choice there, but I've already said it, so I'll stick with it. I'll stick with the Roosters. But, yeah, Sharks at the Prize is generally a pretty good tip. And bluebet.com.au agree. $1.74 are the Sharks, two ten the Roosters, minus one and a half the line. 1 to 12, 295 for the Sharks, 305 for the Roosters, 13 plus for the Sharks, 380, 480 for the Roosters. And Sunday closes out uh, with the Dogs up against the Dragons. And I'm pretty sure this one's at Belmore. Yeah, so if you're part of the Doggies faithful, this is your chance to get out and get behind your team um, after a tough period there and support the players. And for the Dragons, uh, obviously been a better sort of four to six weeks here where they've got four wins after winning a couple of rows, then having a tough loss to the Storm, and then they found a way to win on the weekend. Um, this is one of those ones, again, for, I guess, them being in that sort of 12 to 8 range fight for the bottom of the eight that they have to win if they want to play finals football. 
Um, if you're the Bulldogs, these are one of those ones where, again, I guess like the Tigers last week, you have an opportunity to win and try and get away from the spoon. So, um, yeah. interested to see the lineup. Don't know if we'll see some changes. I'm sure internally, like we said earlier on, there'd be plenty going on about what's the way forward. Um, I know they're, they're on a big push right now to sign 17, 18, 19-year-old kids to try and make up for the lack of development as they also fix that pathway. I'm pretty sure I heard today that they've got a young half who's at the Cowboys, who's part of that flag-winning team up there, Thomas Duffy. They want him down here immediately. Um, I'm sure, like I said, guys like Alamotti, Avarillo, with Dufty and so on moving on, they're going to have to get a look at those guys in first grade in different positions to try and figure out where they fit for next year with Burton, Reed Marnie, etc. So I don't know what the lineup's going to be, but uh, I'm going to slightly favour the Dragons. But if there was ever a week for the Bulldogs to turn up, it would be at Belmore, you'd think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm go the doggies. Yep. So we're split on that one, but better odds this week uh, for the Dogs. Blue Bet giving them a better chance. They are two forty-five. The Dragons a dollar fifty-five minus four and a half the line. One to twelve the Dogs three seventy. Two seventy for the Dragons. Thirteen plus the Dogs six sixty. Two ninety for the Dragons. And the last game a cracker to round us out. Afternoon football down in Canberra. Hopefully a big crowd after what they've done the last few weeks, winning three in a row. They're up against the Parramatta Eels. Um, Jack returned last week. They had a hard week with the flu. They pushed through. They had a couple of late changes. Snyder was rested, they said, uh, for Frawley, who ended up being out in the end, but came in, got the job done. Um, Wolford will get his first opportunity to play at home, you'd think, as part of that duo um, at the stadium where his dad played 200-plus games. Those forwards will be looking to make a statement up against a real good side in Parramatta. And if you're Parramatta, you've been hot and cold the last few weeks. You've dropped a couple of games. You almost blew Friday night. I think potentially we'll see the return of Sevo. Um, so I, I, this one's really, really hard. I, I'm going to back Para, but I, I have a feeling in my bones about Canberra here. Yeah, I'm going Para, but no win. Yeah, I, I think this one's going to be a good game of football, and I hope so. Um, but yeah, this this is this will be a real statement for the Raiders if they can get a result here and get themselves back to six and six after a dreadful start. But bluebet.com.au agrees. Parramatta a dollar fifty favorite down at Canberra. The Raiders are two sixty minus five and a half is the line. One to twelve. The Raiders three seventy five. Two seventy are the Eels and thirteen plus. The Raiders are six eighty. Two dollars eighty for Parramatta. So looking at this. We're different on the Dogs and the Dragons, Sharks, Roosters, Souths, Tigers, and we've got the rest the same. So a couple of games that could split us this week, and obviously we'll try and find a winner for Bears of Hope for our charity account, thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with any bookie, do it with the one that supports our charity in Bluebet. Download the app today and visit the website. Big thanks to Penrith Solar Center as well. Call 1800 20 today. I'll visit the website, And uh, In terms of calling any games this weekend, I think we've got footy Saturday and Sunday, so I don't know if we're going to get a chance. Yeah, we'll see how we go. We might, might get one in. Yeah, we'll just have to see how we go for time, I guess. We're late Saturday. What time is Sunday? Uh, Sunday. 
Sunday. We could call potentially the seven thirty game on Saturday night. Yeah, well, if we can get one in, we'll try. And that's obviously with Hijack TV. If you haven't downloaded that yet or joined, get onto the Google Play Store or the App Store. Hijack spelt H Y J A C K dot TV. You can join me and Brock for the NRL, mute the commentary on the TV and kick back, have a beer and a laugh as we uh, talk our way through a game. And the other week, we had some uh, listeners ask, obviously, if it could be replayed on the app at the moment. No, but that's why we recorded our game companion like we used to um, and put that up on the podcast platform. So that was available, obviously, Spotify, iTunes and all our usual platforms um, for those who wanted to watch the game after the fact uh, with me and Boxhead. Yeah. So... There you go. Like I said, always hard to tip without the lineups, but uh, I think a few of them I'm pretty confident in. There, but there's definitely some 50-50s and probably a closing point. I only just send this on the NRL website because I was using the, the Blue Bet website without the lineups. It's Indigenous round. So there's plenty of uh, really, really good Indigenous players playing our game. There's been plenty in the past. I think to close things up for this week, Brock, I'm sure you've got a couple that are close to your heart that played for the Titans, but is there any particular Indigenous player that you really enjoyed watching? Scotty Prince, Preston Campbell. Yeah, they were the two that I thought you were going to say. And right now, I'm sure you're enjoying watching his son, Jaden Campbell. He's an outstanding player. I reckon my favourite all time, Cliffy Lyons. Cliffy, he was really, really good with... Uh, Absolute master. With Beaver, that's for sure. I think master. pretty obvious one for me was Baby G.I., Early doors of Melbourne. Greg Inglis was an absolute freak. Um, hell of a player to watch. Was disappointed when he left, but could understand um, with the salary cap squeeze and the way the game was going. They focused on keeping those guys in the spine. They considered Billy, obviously, to be the better of the two as a fullback. But in terms of natural talent, size, speed, ability, and impact on a game, when he when he was on, Inglis was a hell of a sight to see. Um, and an underrated one who I loved for a long period of time, and they, I sort of had a soft spot for him almost as a second team during the 2000s was the Cowboys. The combination between Thurston and Matty Bowen. Matty Bowen was great to watch. Absolutely. Um, back in there, obviously, had some knee problems and slowed down a bit, but the years of those two playing together, they were inside each other's heads. They were just in sync. They were so much fun to watch. Yeah. So, there you Thank go. You Mate, uh, enjoy the rest of the week down there. you got another day today and obviously tomorrow for uh, the school football side of things. And again, as we said at the top of the show, um, congratulations on the appointment. I'm super yeah, proud of you. Sure. Looking sure. forward to uh, the rest of the year and we'll, we'll see what happens from there. We will. But for everybody out there, like I said, a bit of a different story the last few weeks uh, with a fair bit going on. We've had Wednesday nights. Now we have an early one Tuesday without the lineups, but we just get them done where we can. Hope you're still enjoying the show. Always happy for feedback and any questions, hit us up. Twitter, Facebook, probably not so much Instagram because we don't post photos of our massive melons, um, but we're always happy for any questions or any feedback. We appreciate your ongoing support. I don't say it very often anymore, but hit us up with ratings and reviews on iTunes or any platform. I think those who listen to Spotify, you can be reviewed on there as well. And, uh, yeah, thanks to those who support us, listeners, Penrosolis and bluebet.com.au, and hopefully we can get a game in this weekend on hijack.tv. Follow the fifth and last on there. Listen along with us for a game of football. And for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here?
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.